I think we can all agree that this might have been one of the worst casts in Challenge history, but maybe one of the best finals ever? I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. I don't know if I agree with that statement. Like, it was a... Actually, you know what? Hmm. Uh Maybe I could be be convinced. (laughs) Hmm. Well, this is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge. Let's start with this very controversial topic i just introduced off the hop is this the worst cast in challenge history in terms of gameplay i mean it's a pretty bad cast and even just how the the final like played out we'll get to it at the very end but there's a lot of decisions that were made at different times that drastically alters who wins this season and i don't know if that's happened before where it's like that drastic like there's there's points within the game that things could go way differently if these people played the game properly well i mean we can we can sort of touch on it off the hop last episode ended with everyone at the club tj shows up um to announce that they're that the final is starting like now (laughs) i mean they have time to go change and pack up their gear but like pulling them out of the club i have to ask your like right now, because this has never really happened that TJ's been in the club scene. <laughs> what kind of club hang do you think TJ is? Because like we know he's a good time. I'm going like to stop you right here. Chill. I'm going to stop you right here. Before we even get too far into this, okay? I'm going to stop you right here. There is no question that TJ is just a great hang, period. No yeah, matter the setting, no matter the place, no matter where you're at, TJ would be a great hang. And I know we'll get to it, but like, just seeing TJ in any scenario, TJ's good peoples. He's just good for peoples. sure. I'm not saying he, like there's no doubt that he's he's gonna be fun to be with. Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think like he's a dance guy? Do you think he's posted up at the bar? Do you think he's like finds a conversation corner? Like, what do you think his like go to club move is? I think that whatever the vibes are, TJ meets those vibes. Oh, okay. So he like mm-hmm. goes. He like. Checks things out, sees the lay of the land, and then like that. Here's a little insight, John. I don't know. I feel like we've known each other a long time, but I don't know if we've been in like a club setting with each other before. We have not. So what I'll say to you is I'd like to think of myself as someone who can do multiple things depending on the vibes. Sometimes it's chilled. Sometimes it's just posted up at the bar. Sometimes it might be a little two-step in the middle of the dance floor, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit of everything just depends on what the vibes are and i feel like tj would be a similar hang okay all right i i can see that right and like what's interesting about him is i'm 90 percent sure he's straight edge Hmm. so like interesting because like he might be at the bar but he's having like tonic water with some bitters you know what i mean like he's not he's not getting wild but i feel like he can step up like i think he can be high enough on life to like still be a good time in the wise words of noted poet birdman i'm flying any weather <laughs> i feel like that's tj he can be fly no matter whatever the setting is he's good so this is the point i wanted to get to hold on you're, you're just gonna let that go i just quoted birdman daddy i'll fly in any weather and you're just gonna let that pass i, I can't top quoting birdman <laughs> there's nothing for that i could possibly add to a Birdman quote. Note behind the scenes. If people want to know the BTS of just before we started recording this, 
insane giggling by myself <laughs> over <laughs> the most ridiculous things ever, just saying, oh, it's going to be one of those pods. Yeah, it is. We're it's here. 100% going to be one of those podcasts. Yeah, I didn't even do the thing. Like, we got to let people know this is the finale recap. So, both episodes <laughs> of the finale are being recapped in this episode of You Killed It, which is number 278. You think that 39. You the think challenge. With- Battle 278 episodes of this podcast under our belts. We'd be a little smoother in these things. No, no, nope. that ain't what the us. People want. No, we're just we're true to ourselves, which is scattered, distracted, overworked. So TJ says this is get ready for the hardest final you've ever seen. Debatable. Okay. I feel like he's legally obligated to say that ahead of every final because, <laughs> like, they're not all this hard. Okay, or, another. or this easy. Oh, did you think it was an easy final? I don't think it was the hardest. Okay, fair, fair. Um, another question for you. Narice says that some of these people that are in the final are very lame, and they don't really deserve to be in the final. Do you yes. agree with Narice? 100%. I didn't even finish the question. <laughs> well, I was going to raise this topic myself. I feel like Narice and Jay deserve to be there. Not that I like Jay, but they're both active players in the game. They were making moves. They were doing things. I think Mariah fits that bill too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. She was, she was playing an, we can call it an unorthodox game, but like she was in there. She was Mm -hmm. in conversations. In the mix. She She was in the mix. Emmanuel, Corey, Berna, Colleen, I don't want to say they coasted, but like they just did what they were told by Jay and Michelle, more or less. Mm-hmm. And then like saw which way the wind was blowing and then went and went with it. And like notably at this point, Narice is the only one that's been in an elimination. And I don't want to say that the mark of a good player is going into elimination because I think it's the opposite. I think the point of the game is to avoid elimination. Mm-hmm. However, these people were just like basically hanging back for the entire season. Yeah, I think Corey made a stink to start the season and then sat himself back down and kind of relaxed and coasted his way. Well, this is partly my point about like, is this the worst cast ever? Because like just atrocious gameplay from everyone except I'd say Narice. Of yeah, like the people who are left, I, I, I'm getting too tempted to jump too far ahead. So let's 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 go through this finale here, just because I think you know there's lots that happens and there's lots of elements to it that I don't really think were that important. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of if we kind of go through and maybe we should have talked about this before the pod, but let's just try to go through the episode and we'll stop whenever we think there's something that's noteworthy enough to stop on does that make sense yeah first stop they're Mm -hmm. all eating a meal before they depart for the final and mariah notices that she has a note under her plate and turns out they all have letters from home Mm -hmm. and i will say this this was a valuable insight into what makes these people tick and it really sort of like underscored why some of them make the decisions that they make when you get some insight into what their childhoods and homes were like, (laughs) like a lot of people with like maybe a lot of things that they need to unpack. Hmm. 
yeah, definitely not going to say you're wrong. I'll be honest. I found this scene to be a bit too long. Yeah. But like the moment that stood out to me the most, and I know there's like, they're trying to tug on some heartstrings here, which didn't work on me. But the part that stuck out to me the most was Emmanuel getting a letter from his girlfriend. And then they immediately show a flashback of him cheating on, on her with three, three different women. And he says, I better win or else it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. That might be the sicko line of the the season. <laughs> because the other part of this is, those are the three different women he cheated on his girlfriend with. But we also know he shot a shot with others as well. Yeah. Now, we'll get to a man well and whether it's worth it or not. I feel like that's the question after, like at the end of this episode. But that line, wow. I think the point in the a man well crying when he when he says she's too perfect for me yeah buddy you've been self-sabotaging you and your relationship all season yeah right like you think she's too good for you and she i want to be clear she is too good for Manuel. Yeah, but he's a clown he's, he's a clown, a clown but clown. he's terrible but like yeah she's too good for you because you act this way correct right yeah. and like you've just like damaged and hurt her to make yourself feel good because mm -hmm. you can't be alone for like, I don't know how long they were there. Let's say six weeks. Like I'm going to say some, you know, this might take us on a wild tangent or maybe you'll just agree and we'll move on. Okay. I think someone like that who does something like that on television, they're doing it because they're wildly insecure. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's, that's right? why I was driving at. Like it's, yeah. He is insecure, so he has to make himself feel good. I mean, I just said, you know, he cheated for six weeks, but like, it's not even that. He, apparently, he and Olivia hooked up like immediately as soon as they got in the house, like within the first week. Like, oh. you can't be away from your partner for a week without cheating. Like, that's you. Like, that's a you problem, you know? Did we have this conversation on this pod where I defined the late bloomer? No. We had this... with it, and then we should move on to the actual <laughs> final. Do you know what the funny part is? We're both extremely busy, and have both said, "Yo, we got to be done this pod by a certain time," and have yet proceeded to talk about the most amount of fuckery. It's <laughs> not the, the final, but this is what the people want. So the late bloomer, the late bloomer term comes from one of my best friends who played D one basketball in the states, right? Do and I know this person? No, no, no. Okay. No. You would know them. You would know them. Didn't go to our high school. Mm -hmm. Almost did, actually. He was the one that suggested we all go to Northern, actually, and oh. then pulled out to go somewhere else to play basketball. Okay. Story for another day. Anyways, he goes to university, and when he was a freshman, one of the like seniors explained this whole thing about, like, he was describing one of their teammates who, let's say, was very inexperienced with the opposite sex, we'll say. So then they get to university, and then now, like, you know, you have, like, a lot of fans. You have a lot of female fans, some throwing themselves at you, and you don't know how to handle it. And so you kind of run wild within it, and you're like, 
taking everything that's there because you don't know how to deal with it. And you call that. And his, his simple term was, oh, he's a late bloomer. Didn't you know, know that how makes to a lot of sense. It. Didn't know how to deal with it. Never really got girls before. And so now that you are getting girls, doesn't know how to deal. You know, I, I like this and I think you're probably right. You're probably onto something. Yeah. With a man. Well, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that's a thing. Um, but yeah, that's what happened there. It's all insecurity. Um, let's get to the final though. Final yeah. divided into three parts, exactly like the game. Uh, I wrote down some notes here, 26 miles. First game's controlled is control. Everyone's tied together. And inside this like massive fortress, there's 17 chests and one golden chest. Each contestant has to get three ropes. If you get three ropes of the same color, you can disconnect from the rope that's attaching everyone. And now you run your three ropes back and then you have to put your ropes on a puzzle. And essentially, if you don't do the whole thing, everyone does not complete their part of it and you complete the entire puzzle in an hour, the entire group loses 16K out of the pot. I got to be honest with you, immediately after they explained it and then I rewound it to understand it again, I went, there's no way they're completing this in an hour. No, I noted. So they have to drink this. TJ calls it his energy drink. It's tuna, beet, and mayo, I guess, <laughs> blended together. Sure. Um, and they all have to drink it before they begin. Before they even get to the fort, they've already used up 12 minutes. <laughs> like that's a that's basically they've used up a quarter of the time and they haven't even found one of these boxes. Yeah. Um, on the run, I for me, I could kind of tell like who didn't have a chance and who did. But really the key to this whole thing was that Corey takes control. Corey mm. starts leading the group. He, in fact, sees the golden chest, grabs the grabs the ropes in the golden chest and decides he's going to run it back. Jay wants to jump in. Like he's the only one that kind of speaks up and is like, Hey, like maybe like I should do it. Are you sure Corey? No one else says anything. So Corey just kind of goes and takes control. Jay stays. That to me was a turning point here. Should they, I mean, we know what happens. Obviously Corey messes up, but should someone else have spoken up in that moment or is Corey making the smart move and taking control because you want to be in control? I thought it was a smart move because he said, I guess in confessional, that he thought he should carry the golden ropes, the orange ropes, because there was more of them because mm -hmm. he was the strongest. And when he said that, I was like, you know, he probably is right. Like of the people who are left, mm -hmm. he's probably the strongest. And also he's not the fastest and you want, the slower people to get a head start correct right like you want your fastest person to be the last one out of the fort because they can presumably make up whatever time it takes yeah but what happens on the run back Corey drops one of his ropes the other people as they start to make their way back are yelling to him that they have he has to turn around and get his rope because you're not allowed to pick up someone else's rope or help someone else with their rope. So Corey has to run all the way back while everyone is running towards the puzzle. By the time he actually gets back there, well, there's only 10 minutes left first off. And then there was two minutes, essentially, once Corey finally gets all the ropes back to where the puzzle is. They had no chance as mentioned, definitely didn't have a chance once Corey messed up, but 
is the blame solely on Corey? I think so. Yeah. I mean that that part of just like carrying the ropes, it's a, it's a one person job. They weren't allowed to touch each other's ropes. Like once it's yeah. assigned to one of them, and like at one point Jay even says it to him. He's like, "I can't help you. Like I can run beside you. I can encourage you, but yeah. like you got to do this." So, I think it just came down to individual efforts to help the team, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah. So that affects the overall numbers at that point because what ends up happening is. You, the 16K comes out of the entire pot. The winner still gets 250K. Second place got 60. Third place gets 30. But before the next step, there's an elimination. And you have to decide who is going to head into said elimination. And there's a bit of a debate about this, right? Because they have to vote for who they should go in. And then that person gets to pick who they go against. So there's some strategy here. And I give Corey credit because he did try to throw people off by saying, we probably should try to pick someone strong who you think you can beat. Who, or sorry, someone who you don't think you can beat in the final. To which Narice responds. And I would say maybe her fourth of maybe a hundred truth-telling <laughs> things that Narice says, not only this season, but in this episode, she says, actually, you want to save the strong people because eventually in the next stage, we know we're going to have to partner with them and you want mm -hmm. to be partnered with strong people. Shouts to Narice. I'm going to say that a lot in this episode. <laughs> but yes. what did you think of this whole process and them actually voting for Corey to go in? I think that it would have been smarter to vote in Jay or Emmanuel because mm. I think Corey did not have as well-rounded a game as those two. <laughs> I think you definitely want to keep Berna in because <laughs> Berna, we know, is not good mentally strong. She's not particularly mentally tough, and we see that a lot throughout the final. The and also, apparently, she's injured. It comes out when they're running as a group that she has something wrong with her groin and can't run very fast, which is more or less the most important thing that you have to do through a final is run. Yeah. So like I hear Narisa's logic, but I think you want to keep Burner around because that means you are essentially second last. <laughs> worst worst case scenario, you're gonna be second last. Yeah. No, it, it was I mean, I understand them voting for Corey because like it's kind of the easiest move as well, because he did just cost the team 16k. And I gotta give Corey some credit. Yeah. Once they vote in Corey, he says he doesn't want to pick Narice because she's already been in a bunch in an elimination already, and he doesn't think that's fair. And at the time I wrote down, wow, I'm actually stunned by Corey. Well done. But now as I'm repeating that, I'm thinking, but I'm saying this in hindsight, obviously. Was he just afraid to go against Narice in an elimination, maybe? I think <laughs> Is, he's could a, that be part of it? I think he was a little afraid of her which is fair and but i also think that he probably feels that like when it comes to running he can run faster than narice fair yeah right and like if you're corey he's not the fastest runner because he's sort of big and lumbering mm -hmm. you want to eliminate the people who are quicker than you and totally i think I, I think his logic was sound i think picking jay was the right choice yeah, he picks Jay, and he says he picks Jay because he's sketchy. Couldn't agree more. Um, 
Jay says as soon as he knew Corey was going down, he knew Corey was going to pick him, which is a lie because, come on, how do you know what was going to happen? Anyways, here's the elimination. You had to run and retrieve three bags with puzzle pieces, then put the puzzle together, but you have to put the puzzle together and balance it on a board with your foot. This was a waste of time, but essentially, Jay messes up first. He can't balance it. Corey crushes it. Jay goes home. Um, and no one wants no one wanted Jay to win, right? Can we yeah, can we savor this for a moment? Yeah. I was so relieved. I know I said this on the last episode of You Killed It when you asked me who did I want to see win. I think we're in agreement. We want Nariz to win. Mm -hmm. And I and then like my number two choice is anyone but Jay. Correct. Like yeah. I and like also, hey, how great is it to have Jay off of our screens earlier rather than later? Like great. Yeah. I, am, I, I love this. I love that it wasn't even close that Jay came, came close to winning. I actually wrote down, and maybe it's still the effects of the Super Bowl, karma is a game called the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? That's a note I wrote like a week ago. What is going on right now? <laughs> it's like a new, the mood I would be in whenever we were recording this. So after Jay's eliminated, he turns around and says, Nerys, you better win it all. How do you feel about this? After he was such a dick to her two days ago in real time? He's a loser. Straight loser vibes. You can't turn back around now and pretend like everything's all good and everything's cool. I'm going to tiptoe. No, I'm not going to tiptoe around how I say this because I am in the right here. Um, in my past place of employment, I was let go unfairly by someone. That someone now works for the same company that I work for now. And so I see that person. That person now tries to say, what's up to me? <laughs> As if everything's cool. <laughs> and like, I'm cordial. I'm a grown up. I'm mature. I like to think that at my age now, I'm a, I'm a more mature person that would definitely handle this differently 15 years ago. But like now I'm just kind of like, I give the head nod like a sup, but like, that's about it. But I'm also just like, in my mind, I'm like, I hope you don't think everything's cool. Like, that's not a world we can live in. No. I say all that to equate this to Norris and Jay. You, we can't be cool now that, oh, now you're rooting for me to win, but not all the times that you were just throwing me into the eliminations or throwing in my partners into the elimination. Get out of here, Jay. And, like, was so petty and petulant afterward, like – like in the last snake thing that they had to do, like he was so such a baby about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like he's a, he's only acting this way because he's hoping that now things are going to be good between them in yeah. real life. Like he, <laughs> the thing about Jay and Michelle, I'm going to put them, I'm going to lump them together is they both want to live consequence free. Mm -hmm. And like, you can do whatever you want in this life, but you just have to accept there's consequences for what you do. If you're a good person, there's consequences. If you're a bad person, there's consequences. If you're a neutral person, there's consequences. He in particular was shitty all season to Norris and self-centered. Mm -hmm. Now he has to live with those consequences. He damaged their real life friendship and like turning around and like cheering her on at the last minute is not, doesn't fix that. Nope, I agree totally with you wholeheartedly. I think it's hella whack, to be honest, what he did um, in that sense. Luckily, though, for us, six people left. 
heading into chaos. You have five rotating pairs, five checkpoints. Each checkpoint, you switch to a new pair. Along the way, you keep your individual time, and the winner will have some power. TJ randomly selecting the pairs. And yeah, Berna is just the worst. That's just yeah. what I'll say here. I don't even need to go through the rest of the pairs here because essentially it's just like if you were paired with Berna, essentially you were going to lose yeah. or like close to losing, if that makes sense. I think what we have to just, I think we can gloss over all these checkpoints basically, but <laughs> yeah. I think the three big takeaways are this. Emmanuel wins, I think, four out of the five of them. Yeah. And builds at first is a pretty decent lead. Mm-hmm. Berna complains throughout to the point that she even alienates arguably her best friend and Colleen yeah. at the food station where they're paired together. And uh, Narice, who you and I were rooting for, and I, I believe most of the listeners of You Killed It were listening to, mm-hmm. kind of struggles. Not that she did badly, but just like she keeps getting paired with the worst possible person yeah. for that competition, like for, for that stage. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like in each, like all of these stages are so drastically different in terms of taking a a different sort of uh, strength to succeed. And yet no matter what it was, Berna was there to drag her partner down. And it's like, you can't run, you can't push the huge sphere. And then you also can't eat. Like you can't eat. Like that made no sense to me. Berna's self-talk is so bad. Like it takes so little, little to derail her. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's honestly, it's sad. Like, again, like I think Berna in real life would probably be a fine human being. She's not cut out for this show. Like she doesn't have the mental toughness. She doesn't have, she can't ride the ups and downs. Right. Like she, yeah. I've heard, I don't know how true this is. I'm not a psychologist, but I've heard that there's, what they call the four intelligences. Mm-hmm. One is just like our, like your quotient. So there's intelligence, quotients, IQ. We probably all know that. Emotional quotient. I forget what the other one is, but one is adversity and like how well can you handle adversity? She cannot handle any kind of adversity. Yeah. And like I imagine that makes life hard. Yeah, definitely. Like she is what I would term an energy sucker. Yeah. Right? Like, she sucks the gravity right out of the room. And it it was so bad that it made me feel bad for Jay. Because I honestly mm. was watching this and thinking, she's talking about quitting right after someone just got eliminated out of the final. Like, yeah. what? Why didn't they just put you in the elimination then so you could quit in the elimination and go home? I do, I do have to highlight something. My line of the episode is in here. Okay. So... Um, after they get through the gross eating competition, TJ's like, oh, and you have to have more of my energy drink. And as he's handing them out, Mariah goes, I'm over you, TJ. And TJ replies, I'm over you, TJ. (laughs) The best host there is, man. He is so good. So there is, uh, Emmanuel wins the whole, the whole stage. Mm-hmm. And he gets to choose who's going to go into elimination. Yeah. Basically, his choice is between Corey, who's right behind him in the, mm-hmm. in the standings, or Narice. He chooses Narice, which is 
probably the right choice. As much as I like Norris, like probably the right choice. What did I, you think? I thought the obvious choice is Corey. You're trying to win and Corey yeah. was the closest person to you. So you eliminate the closest person to you and you win easily in theory, right? My, like without the hindsight of knowing what happens, I'm saying just in that moment, I actually thought if you don't pick Corey, you're a moron, but the way that the season's gone, I, do think, <laughs> I can't say that. I can't believe I'm going to defend Emmanuel here. This is a low point, but they do know that the next stage is going to be individual. And keeping that in mind, I think Norris is a more dangerous individual competitor. And maybe he could recognize, like, ooh, Norris would have done better if he wasn't paired with Mariah kayaking. And she's fair. infamously bad at That's that. Fair. And if she wasn't paired with Berna for running, like, and she's paired with Colleen for cutting the rope, which Colleen's really bad at. So, like, maybe he was just doing, like, an accurate assessment of why people were where they were. Totally fair. Totally fair. In any event, it's the draw, which means that just like we saw through the um, chaos part of the season, mm -hmm. Norris gets to pull one of six poles out of the sand. Four have the names of competitors on them and two are the maces where she gets to take her pick. She draws Mariah's name, which is probably her best matchup, if not Berna, for beating in an elimination. Colleen. What you say? Colleen. I it, yeah, I guess Colleen. It, I think it depends on what the elimination is. But yeah, those are those are ideal matchups for her. But again, you're right, though. In a puzzle, I think she'd probably be the favorite against anyone. Yeah, um, out of all of them. Sure. But yeah, Mariah, I think you're right, actually. In a puzzle, Mariah, you're right. You're right. Um, so they have to take these like blocks. They sort of look like bricks. Put them through a hole in plexiglass and then fit them so that they fill a box that's larger than the hole in the plexiglass. So in other words, mm -hmm. you're like having to maneuver the bricks around under this plexiglass. So like they can't go up or down. You can't just like slot them into place. This is really hard. Like I don't, I don't quite understand how they did it. Yeah, I thought it was really hard too, but I also knew there was no chance Mariah was going to win. She's no. going to beat Norris. There's no chance. And I, of course, like, of course, Norris wins. And I hoped, I really hoped that Emmanuel loses because he fumbled the bag so hard. I thought, yeah, that was his chance. Cause I think a lot of people would have struggled in that and mm -hmm. it, which would have made it random if that makes sense in terms of who was going out. So if you put in whoever you deem to be the strongest people, and maybe you're right. He did deem Narice as being the strongest person, right? Like maybe that was the thought process. I don't know. But at that point when Narice won without knowing what happened next, I was like, Narice is the MVP of this season. Oh, a hundred percent. Easily. She's eliminated five people this season. <laughs> That's insane. Absolutely like that is insane. really impressive. And like and, big dog competitors, not just like, you know, randoms. And also I think this is significant. Like she can hold her head up high with how she treated people. Yeah. She didn't do anyone dirty. If she, she never stabbed anyone in the back. She stabbed them in the front. She was doing anything like that. She was loyal to the people who were loyal to her. Mm -hmm. Like she, I mean, I still think about what she said to Olivia. I think it was. 
when she's like, when you watch this back, I hope you're really happy with yourself. Cause Norris can be happy with herself. Like she can look back at the season and be like, yeah, like I was good to the people that were good to me. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely agree with that. I definitely think that that's a thing where if you're a, a Norris or you root for Norris, like I did a little quick deep dive on the Twitter sphere after last night's finale and yeah, everyone was rocking with Norris. Um, yeah. As we keep it moving, though, to the next part of the elimination, uh, basically you have to stay up all night. You're told that off the bat. But TJ says there are consequences if you fall asleep, but also says that there are tasks for you to stay up. And there's this like weird sort of box with holes in it for you to stick your fingers in. And you have to get all the tiles out of your box and remove them. And if you were the, the three people who finished first, they got to pick between a chair, a pillow, or a blanket for the whole night. The top two people, though, get to sabotage by putting their squares into someone else's squares. Another, I thought this was a really good part of the, the final. I thought this was a good little tweak. I liked it. I, I love it in the final when they have to stay up all night. Mm -hmm. because I would not makes, be able to do this. What, are you kidding? I was just going to say... I one of the reasons why I like it is because I think I would be so good at it. I think you would be so good at it. We have 15, I think in your case, 20 years of professional experience staying up late. Like this is way up our alley, Sheldon. Yeah, but not staying up all night. Like I need sleep at some point. Like I could stay up late. I stay up late every night, but I don't think that I could stay up all night and then be functional the next day. I think you could do it. I believe in you, Shelly. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Colleen was not talking to anyone. She was really focused on this, but eventually Narice ends up finishing first. She sabotages Colleen. And while she's sabotaging her, she's also talking mega trash she, in terms of explaining to her. She split up her tiles. She partly sabotaged Emmanuel True. and sabotaged Colleen. But yes, she's talking so much mess to Colleen. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought it was very well played. And, you know, again, as you said, telling the truth, right? Telling Colleen exactly what the deal is. And Colleen, I mean, she struggled in this for sure because of that. Emmanuel still comes in second. Berna comes in third. Then Corey. Then Colleen. And the whole part of it, they just stayed up. The whole night i would have lost it i'd be so delusional i would definitely not be able to stay up all night and then swim like i feel like there has to be some liability here where they had to sleep because there's no way that legally i could deprive you of sleep and then be like hey you're now going to swim two thousand meters i feel like there's some safety <laughs> that like is illegal somehow like there's some waiver you had to sign or something not like, in croatia baby <laughs> <laughs> well played well played well played i do wonder so like tj says if you fall asleep you'll be penalized don't you think it's enough that they're on like a rock beach like there yeah. was nowhere to sleep you know what i mean i do and wonder what the penalty would be seaside right? like I, I i as amused as i was by like you can't sleep tonight i was like if you give them this task with the tiles mm -hmm that they must do and then they can sleep. 
no one's going to sleep well anyway. Like you're sleeping on rocks. It's cold out. There's people, there's lights. Like I still think they're all going to be sleep deprived. (laughs) No, totally agree. Totally agree. And then now as sleep deprived as you are, you have to swim 2000 meters to another Island. There's three checkpoints. And I can't, I couldn't remember at the time who couldn't swim, but essentially Emmanuel finishes first, then Colleen, then Corey, then Berna, then Narice, who then passes Berna. But anyways, um, they all seem to be fairly close to each other. The one thing I will say I give them credit for in this finale, and I think they did a really good job of the maps. Yeah, showing, the maps were helpful. Yes, it was very Mario Kart-esque in terms of showing who was in front, how far in front they were. Like it was, They did a really good job of giving you context as a viewer in terms of how far ahead Emmanuel's lead was, let's say. Um, when they get to the first checkpoint, you have to rappel down a cliff. Now, looking at this, this this turned into a really funny part of the episode. Maybe one of the the funnier parts of the episode, because you had two things that happened here. Corey is scared, and Berna is scared. But John, they're both scared for two completely different reasons, right? Yeah. So Berna (laughs) is scared of the drink the the juice the tj juice having to do it again have it again and like i don't get it i don't get it either because like here's the thing again to your point about liability they're not going to give you something that's like poison Mm -hmm. and like i don't doubt that it tastes gross yeah but like taken separately Mayonnaise is fine. Tuna is fine. Beet juice is fine. And I'm sure, although it was not created to be tasty, I'm sure it actually helps them in terms of protein and uh, carbs and hydration. Like, I'm sure it was chosen to help them from, like, a nutrition standpoint. Again, I'm not saying it's going to taste good. I'm just saying that, like, you kind of need it. Like, it's probably pretty helpful. But above all, there's no reason for Berna to act the way that she was acting. Like, you're not afraid of this drink. You're not going to quit because you weren't going to have this drink. Like, she just seems like the absolute worst. Like, I couldn't believe that you're in the final and you're trying to make us believe that you were going to quit because you didn't want to drink the drink. Like, get out of here. Like, miss me with all that. There's just a weird, weird flex. Corey, on the other hand, (laughs) I just, this is bad because I feel like I might be afraid of said cliff as well if I had to do this, but TJ made this so hilarious, right? Because Corey is crying and as they go to commercial break, Corey is literally crying that he doesn't want to go down the hill and all you hear is TJ's voice and the way that they echo it or TJ saying, you know how I feel about quitters, 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 quitters. I'm like, this is just amazing. Well done. Well done. I mean, TJ gives the most dismissive pep talk I've ever heard. <laughs> we come back from the commercials. He's like, Corey, what's the problem? <laughs> and then eventually 
like her like well what if i get stuck will someone come and save me will you come and save me and tj is like yes i will personally come and save you god <laughs> like and you know what i think tj meant it like i think tj really yeah. would be like all right harness me up gotta go well, get Corey out of here he called it a little baby hill like come on you're not afraid of this little baby hill there's I, nothing baby about that hill i like that it's 700 feet like it's pretty big and i like that at one point he grabs Corey by the arm and forcibly takes him to the edge he's like look it's nothing <laughs> like he's such a dick about it absolutely amazing <laughs> this is why i always say we just need one episode of like the bachelor where like tj shows up for a pep talk because like you know normally they have that what's it chris harrison chris harrison thank you or i think he's gone now I think well he, chris he, chris harrison would come around and like give them pep talks when they were like got in their feelings mm-hmm. just once i want tj lavin to show up and be like hey man you know what you signed up for stop crying like <laughs> get it together just the absolute worst um, so also Runner up for line of the episode. TJ goes, nobody is quitting. And Corey just squeals. <laughs> yeah. So good. I think a critical part of this, though, is Emmanuel goes down first. He's pretty good at it. He's way ahead because he just like, he literally hits the ground running. Mm-hmm. Then it's uh, Corey and Colleen and Norris. Like they're going down in the order that they arrived. But Corey and Colleen are so bad at it that Norris catches up to them. Yeah, on the hill, which is a huge advantage. And like Corey and Colleen fall down so much, and they keep knocking Narice over, who's doing great. Um, but Narice catches up, and Emmanuel is way ahead. Uh, Colleen starts catching him, and it's at this point basically Emmanuel, then Colleen, then Narice, then Corey, because Corey does struggle with the with the hill. Yep. Um, they then have to swim out to a platform and to like memorize the order of all the champions in challenge history, which I think would be very hard Mm -hmm. and then swim and put them to like the beach and put them in the proper order. Although Colleen gets there first, she screws up. So she has to swim back out and another big turning point, Narice and Corey agree to work together. So they both leapfrog Colleen. What did you think of that decision? Great decision. Great decision. I think that, you know, they do a good job because I think that if you're Narice, you, you make the smart move. Bec- and Corey, I mean, both of them. It's a great decision for both of them because at the end of the day, you're trying to close the gap on a man well. And you want to get into the money, Right. So if you're helping the other person and now it's the two of you going, in theory, you're all going to be in the money. And from Corey's standpoint, he thought he's confident in his running. So he's thinking, hey, I can catch up to Norris and beat Norris. So in his mind, he's guaranteeing himself at least second at that point. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for Norris, you are so far behind that now if you can guarantee yourself that you're going to move up into the top three, You're going to take that chance too. The thing that I was surprised at, or maybe shouldn't be at this point, was Corey's lack of loyalty to, uh, what's her name? Colleen. Yeah. Right? Like, while everyone else was like, oh, I don't mess with Norris. I'm not going to work with Norris. Corey doesn't care. He's here for Corey. And there's part of me that respected that in the final, right? Yeah. 
I mean, now is the time to be shady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now is the time to be shady. This is Corey's time to shine. I dig I just to back it up, when he called Jay sketchy, like Corey's the sketchiest of them all, right? Like yeah. he's the one I oh, would yeah. trust the least in any situation. Um yeah. so the final stage is just like the eliminations we saw in the conquest. So there's Previously, there was three paths, and at each path, there's a puzzle. When you complete the puzzle, you get a flag. Once you get all the flags, you're done. Mm -hmm. This one has five puzzles, has five branches. A mm -hmm. well gets there first. He's working on the Sudoku. Mm -hmm. When uh, Corey and Nerese arrive, Nerese is like, now's my time to shine, because I've done this twice. Yep. And like when I did it before, the guys were ahead. I can, I can catch them. I can do this. Yeah. What did you think when we saw that this was the final leg? I was excited because I thought Narice was going to win for sure. Right. And Me especially too. when you know that Emmanuel had such a head start and he had such a heavy head start. But by the time they get there, that head starts erased. And we, I had a feeling he would struggle with the puzzles. But obviously, our assumption is Narice would do well with the puzzles. So I thought this was great. I thought Narice was going to catch up and win. And so I was excited. I have a question for you, though, because essentially this whole thing, right? Like, I don't know if I've seen a final, like, or a stage in a final where, like, the tides shifted in so many different directions in such a short amount of time. And it made me wonder. I haven't looked into this at all, so maybe someone else will write in and tell us. It made me wonder because my producer brain is going off. Like, do they just have like the best producers slash editors ever to like cut that together with all that drama? Because in my mind, I'm like, there's no way this actually played out this exact way that we watched it, where things were changing so quickly in terms of who was in first, who had the most, who had the least. No, I'm not going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. Like, it was just so insane where I thought someone else was going to win this stage like three or four different times like it changed I, so drastically i think i think that it was legitimately changed that much because there's like little tells where you like you can see like someone drops off their flag and like you can see other people's flags yeah there's one point where i'm like oh man Corey, what sorry when colleen finishes and she runs off i'm like oh man Corey's screwed he's on the balance beam but then they like when they come back from the commercial break, they show a different angle, and Berna shouts to Colleen, "You have to run! Corey's right behind you." Mm. And like Colleen, legitimately, only had like a hundred meters ahead of Corey. Like it really was, yeah. like down to to. I think the top four probably all finished within ten minutes of each other. Well, it was super interesting, right? Because Emmanuel made the decision to leave the Sudoku, go on to the next thing, which I thought was a bad move. But just because everyone else also struggled on the Sudoku, it was actually a good move by Emmanuel, right? Because it yeah. helped him, you know, gain some time. Um, the funniest part, though, to me, and I mean, there are a lot of funny parts in this last stage here. So just going to kind of, I'm randomly bouncing around this stage, but when Colleen becomes the first person to finish this, the Sudoku and then uh, Berna magically finishes right after, after telling us that she can't do any math, 
right? Because she didn't learn any math in circus school. Or acting school. Or acting school. But yet she finishes a Sudoku faster than like all these other people who are working so long on it. She finishes it so quickly. And she's like, oh, I didn't copy. I didn't copy. And then she's like, well, after the first part, after I saw, I saw the first part. And then I just like, I figured the rest of it out after. And it's like, right when I think Berna can't be any worse, she is the absolute worst. So I'm fascinated with Berna. Like, what kind of childhood did she childhood did she have where her only education is circus school than acting school? I mean, like, am I she have, like, something about Germany? Like, what is going on? Does she have life? like movie credits? Like, has she been in like things as an actress? What I'm asking is how successful has her schooling turned out to be is what I'm asking essentially. I mean, it's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, cause it's, it's just really weird, but um, either way, I thought this whole thing was, that was the funniest part to me, but also the funniest part was Corey not being able to do the balance beam. At one I point mean, I thought he was trolling. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way he can be this bad at this. I, yeah, I don't know. Cause like to me, I mean, I'm also a tall guy. You gotta like, I know my best balance is when my knees are bent, when like I have a wide stance, I get low, right? And like he was carrying the flag. You, if you wanna like lower center of balance, like have the, like point the flag down, right? Like there's things you can do to make this. And he just like had no idea it seems. It was Which is weird for like an athletic guy. Yeah, like it was just really weird how bad he was at it. Like there's no reason for him to throw it because obviously there's like $30,000 on the line. But I couldn't believe how terrible it was. And if we're being honest, he cost himself money because he couldn't walk across a balance beam. Like that's insane. <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand how that was a thing. The other thing is like, there is, I, I don't know how long the balance beam was, but like just sprint, like just yeah. run across it. Like it doesn't have to be pretty, just get across it so fast that you don't have a chance to fall, right? Like, cause like he's not that much bigger than a man. Well, like, as you mentioned, he's supposed to be somewhat coordinated. Like he's that mm -hmm. uncoordinated. Like that was the weirdest part to me. I didn't even understand that. But like, as you said, a man, well, he was off and running. He got out to like a huge lead as he was the first one to finish it all. Um, I guess my last question about this stage in particular, what would have been the hardest one for you? I wouldn't have been good at the Sudoku. I'll admit that. I think it would have, I don't even know really what a Sudoku is, but I feel like watching the challenge enough, I would know enough to practice my Sudokus going in. I do Sudoku pretty frequently and like, we only really saw the empty puzzle mm -hmm. once just a glimpse it looked pretty easy to me okay because like significantly the center square started with six of the nine potential numbers mm -hmm. so like i don't know it, it seemed kind of easy to me i got you i got you but i i feel like narice was really hampered by this is where the tiredness 
and yeah. came into it because she has a track record of being really good at puzzles. She told us she does Sudoku's every day and then magically she struggled at this one. It was kind of like, oh, okay, something's got to be up here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, which one would have been the hardest? I think the balancing would have been really hard, like where you have to stack the, yeah. the three stacks of sort of cans or blocks and then like raise it on the platform. That looks very tough, especially like you've been vomiting, you've been running, like your hands are going to be shaking, right? Yeah. So even stacking them, I mean, we saw it with the competitors was hard. But yeah, I think that would have been the hardest for me. Um, as mentioned, I guess the last thing I'll ask you about this part is who did you like because it changed so many different times in terms of who was going to come in first or who was going to leave there first, at least. I know we we're all rooting against Manuel, but at one point they even had me believe that Colleen was going to come back and win. Yeah. Like, what was the most surprising part of it? Cause at one point I thought Corey was going to win one point. I thought Norris was going to win. And like, they did a good job of tricking me. It seems as though at one point, all of them had four of the five checkpoints completed. Even Berna. Yeah. Even Berna. That's crazy. Like, this has to be the closest final ever. Not, I, and when I say that, I don't mean between first and second. I mean between fifth and first. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it was close. Mm -hmm. It's like we saw one time Jordan won by like an hour, or <laughs> yeah. Ash Smashley won by like yeah, 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. This is a lot. Yeah. And I mean, the race at the end, because Emmanuel, he's off and running, he seems to win by a fair margin over Norris, who ends up coming in second. And I was very happy for Norris. And I, I will say there were a lot of comments online that were like, I don't care. This should be a men winner and a female winner. So Norris still wins in my books. Like there are a lot of people trying to like paint the narrative that this is still still should be a dub for Norris. And I can't lie to you. I tend to agree with them. Like, listen, I understand the money and a Manuel wins, and I was having trouble trying to compartmentalize or even like just gain understanding. Like, how could this jerk off possibly win? This guy doesn't deserve to win. Like, how could this happen, right? And 250000 to 60000 for Norris, which 60000 is still a good get, right? Like, ain't nobody turning down $60,000. So it's still a good get for Norris. That's but an like, honest salary for a working person over the course of a year. Like, that's... Yeah, hell yeah. I, I, I will say, though, I think that that, for me, Norris is the winner. Like, that's how I look at this. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think she's the MVP. I think she's a unanimous consensus. You killed that MVP for the whole season. Hell yeah. I think she did. I think that what it essentially boils down to is when it came to the chaos one where they were switching partners, mm -hmm. she got partnered with the worst partner for, this, for each scenario possible. Yeah. And that's just like bad luck. Mm -hmm. She also, the first puzzle after they got down the hill, that was her chance to pass a man well, and she just fumbled the bag at that puzzle, and then also with the Sudoku. I think yeah. those two things, if she finishes those in her normal way that we've seen her do it, she wins. She also, in the final one, she came and left the Sudoku like twice. Yeah. 
she switched checkpoints a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like that's adding each, each like back and forth up and down sort of like the hand of the, of the checkpoints of the, of the puzzles. I mean, that's wasting a minute or two. Yeah. And she lost to a Manuel by a minute or two. So, so I have a hot take here. Okay. I feel like if Norris actually won, then this would have redeemed this whole season. Like oh, I'd be yeah. coming on this pod and being like, you know what? I talk so much shit about this season, right? The whole way through, we called it the challenge of the losers, whatever. But in the end, Norris won and that saved the season. And instead, I think I'm looking at the season and I'm thinking Norris did save it in terms of giving me like a rooting interest and a level of enjoyment because there was like a focal point for us to root with and ride with. But overall, as I look at it, this is a season of losers. And like this season and a man well being called a challenge champion, which I cannot fully call him a challenge champion. This is because of a bunch of like loser plays. Like this is on Jay. This is on Asaf. This is on Corey. Most of all, this is on Ed. Okay. Yeah. Ed had a chance to send, like it was between Ed and Emmanuel to go into an elimination. And Ed decided that he was going to save the guy going against him <laughs> to tie the vote in one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. I mean, this and is then also on, goes on and wins. This is also on Colleen, mm -hmm. who like was leading the charge against Michelle and Jay and then lost her nerve and was like, nah. Yeah. It made no sense. It was just a bad season. And so I almost feel like it's fitting that Emmanuel ends up winning because like it was just a season of bad decisions, bad choices, bad moves all the way around. And to have Emmanuel win, it's just kind of fitting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, also, sorry, Corey lied. He cheated people played a crazy political game and yeah. what happened to him at the end, he couldn't walk across a plank and that's what caused him. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that's insane to me. I mean, here's the thing. The, the whole season was such bad gameplay by virtually everyone. Even people who we like, like Kyland and Horacio made bizarre choices kyland was sort of the first one to like pull it together but like mm -hmm. yeah just just a mess yeah um we mentioned the mvp of the season to us mm -hmm. right i also have an lvp of the season okay because you know it's obvious right narice clear cut she won against all odds. She had a showman. She had an alliance, fought her alliance, fought her best friend, took out two of the best players, won five elim or eliminated five different people, won eliminations in the finals. I don't know what else she couldn't have done, right? All odds against her still finishes second. Mm -hmm. Berna is the LVP because it's okay. at this point that let's remind people that the plan was to have an all-women's final. Berna goes against that puts all the men in the final, but then comes in dead last in said final and has arguably one of the worst performances we've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an LVP performance. 
I think you're making a strong case, Shelly. I do have one other LV LVP. The viewers? No. And this might be controversial. So I want the people to feel free to mail us, email us, Carrier Pigeon, Twitter, all of the above, threads, whatever John's on, you know? But I also think the LVP of this season is Emmanuel's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel it's maybe too harsh for her. Hold I on. I mean, you chose to date Emmanuel. So that's true. That's true. Don't blame me. I didn't cheat on you on national TV. But I'm just saying your man's comes on a reality show, comes home with 250K, but he cheated on you twice or three times that we know of in terms of Colleen and Raven and Olivia. But we know that he shot a shot with DJ Mel, so it could have been more. Or if you let him to his own devices, who knows how many more times it could be. How do you look that man's in the face? And what happens next? Like, I feel like I need to know what happens when he comes home with the 250K. Is everything nice? I mean, I'm going to say this. Forgiven? Is it worth it? I, I'm going to say this. I'm not sure I've ever been more excited for the reunion. Yes. It could be a great reunion. Forgot like, about the reunion. This could be go. so much good stuff happening in that reunion. So Let's many go. people angry with each other. So many friendships ended. We got to find out what happened to Emmanuel and his girlfriend. Um, what's his? What's the guy's name that was hooking up with Michelle? Oh yeah, and uh, his Callum. girlfriend, Callum. Callum and his girlfriend. Like, there's so much to dig into. It's gonna be so good. Can't wait. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter and on Instagram. Well, Twitter, Shell Alexander, Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. Huge shouts to the people liking and following us wherever you listen to the pod. We appreciate y'all. Blessings. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and threads at Chidley Hill. And until next episode, this was You Killed It. Can't yell just because, you know, the walls have ears. You don't know where I am right now, but... Do you want me to do it? <laughs> Please. You killed it. Well done. Well done. Thank you. <laughs>